Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. My name is Wayne Ross. I'm a forensic pathologist here in Lancaster County. A forensic pathologist, by definition, is someone who does autopsies. I have performed over 8,400 autopsies. We get involved in trying to understand mysteries, trying to resolve pieces of a puzzle. Jan and Michael Roseborough would have been well-known in the community. Upstanding citizens because the Roseborough funeral home has been there for decades. Jan was a wonderful woman kind, compassionate, a loving mother, just a great woman. Mike and Jan, I thought, man, this is like Barbie and Ken. You know, this is like the perfect couple. Mike's County 911. Everyone wife just drowned. Is she breathing? No, she's not. A woman is found unconscious in her swimming pool. I received a phone call with a Jan Roseborough and it had been pronounced dead. Oh, I thought it was an accident for sure. I look at these bodies as, as a story, and that there's a plot. My role basically was to figure out how she died and why she died. And she had, by all appearances, had drowned. Things began to change when I began looking deeper. The Lancaster County Coroner has ruled the death of 45-year-old Jan Roseborough a homicide. Someone obviously wanted to intentionally kill Jan Roseborough. Opportunity and motive as evidence piles up. There was more than a thousand phone calls and there was more than a thousand text messages. Things started to come out and it was like, whoa. I honestly did not know anything was gonna happen. If I'd known, I would have stopped it. We can't believe it. How do you trust anybody again? 
I have a strong literature background. The great thing about literature is the fact that we know there's an end to the story, but we don't know what the end of the story is. My work is about the surprise ending. In this case, a dead woman spoke. She pointed in the direction of, of who her killer was. Lady in the Pool. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Lancaster County is best known for its Amish heritage and peaceful Pennsylvania lifestyle. It's also home to the quiet town of Denver, PA, where nothing much ever happens, and folks here like it that way. Everyone knows everyone else. It's a great place to raise your children. Michael Roseborough and his family all grew up here. He was a typical boy. He liked sports. He was lovable, worried about other people's feelings. That empathy naturally drew Michael into the family enterprise, a funeral home the Roseboroughs have run for more than a century. He decided uh, in 11th grade that he too would like to be a part of the family business. Ann Roseborough is Michael's mother. He was just so great in the business people. People loved him. We've had so many people tell us what a caring, compassionate person he is. His younger sister, Melissa, agrees. Michael was always um, very gregarious, always had a lot of friends. Everyone always loved him. And in this town of only 3,000... Well, we knew Jan's family for many years. Michael didn't have to look far to fall in love. They dated about a year before they were married. That was 1989 when local girl Jan Binkley became Mrs. Michael Roseborough. They were always loving and patient. Friends who got to know Jan and Michael as a couple say they both shared similar qualities. He had a good heart. He just liked doing things for people, and he made a lot of money, so he shared it. She was truly one of the kindest giving 
souls I've ever met. Becky Donahue was one of Jan's closest friends. And she did it without the need or the want for acknowledgement. Jan and Michael settled down and started raising a family. Their four children were the center of their lives. And she truly did live for the kids. She was involved in all their activities, their sports. Mike also found time for sports, like lacrosse, sharing a passion for coaching with two other dads, Mark Bansner and Frank Tobias. We knew Mike as a family man, being with Jan, Every time we'd go out, we went out as couples. The, the family we knew and the time we spent with Mike and Jen, they were all good times. In fact, to anyone in their tight circle of friends, the Roseboroughs seemed pretty near perfect. Close friend, Ross Bansner. I never saw him belittle her. He never, you know, really put her down in front of us. With the funeral business thriving, Mike and Jan were able to expand their home in 2008. Their brand new swimming pool was just open for the summer season. We were just together all the time. But everything suddenly changed the night of July 22, 2008. Michael Roseborough placed an emergency call to 911. Is she breathing? No, she's not. Is she still in the water? No, I pulled her out. Okay, do you want to try to start CPR on her? I will, I will, yeah. Sergeant Larry Martin of the East Cocalico Police Department was one of the first detectives at the scene. At least three of the children were asleep in the house at that time. Police got to the house just after 11 p.m. He told us that he had gone to bed, his wife stayed out by the pool. He woke up approximately an hour later, noticed that the lights were on around the pool, went out to extinguish the lights and found Jan in the pool, got her out and did CPR. 45-year-old Jan Roseboro, wife, mother, friend, was rushed to the hospital as Michael stayed back with the kids. But it was too late. She was pronounced dead just before midnight. Susie Van Zandt, her sister, came to my house and got me. What'd she say? Susie had to grab me and tell me that, that she was dead. and that she had fallen in the pool, and ha Susie thought she had a heart attack and was dead. Other friends were equally stunned. We got a phone call and found out that Jan had had an accident and drowned in the pool. Extremely tough to take. But it has touched all our families. I couldn't believe anything else happened other than the way it was presented as an accident. And we had had a pool party there two days before. I slipped on the side of the pool, caught myself. I can see where it happens. I can see where she would have slipped and fallen into the pool. Michael's sister, Melissa, rushed over to be at her brother's side. Every time someone else arrived at the house, Michael would start to cry. And then, in typical Michael fashion, he would pull it together. He would hold his composure. He was a funeral director. Mike Roseboro wasn't only composed, he could not have been more cooperative. He came to this police station voluntarily, right? That is correct. And willingly. He never asked for a lawyer. When he f f initially came, yes, he came and, and, and just and spoke with us. Later, around 3 a.m., Roseboro even allowed detectives inside his home, where his three youngest children were still asleep. We were there by Michael's invitation. We did not have a search warrant at that time. Police found nothing unusual in their first walkthrough. I did not see anything suspicious. 
But one phone call was about to change everything. He made me feel like a woman, a beautiful woman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Less than an hour after Michael Roseboro called to report finding his wife's lifeless body in their swimming pool, he asked for a drowning class one. Jan Roseboro was pronounced dead at the hospital. My reaction when I first came across the body of Jan Roseboro was essentially an open mind. I've got a drowning case here. But when Lancaster County's forensic pathologist, Dr. Wayne Ross, performed the autopsy, things began to change. When you began to look on the inside of Jan Roseboro's body, what did you see? Well, then my concerns were raised significantly. There was bruises basically to the back of the neck. What did that tell you? I said, oh my goodness. And we have a strangulation here. But we have a very particular type of strangulation. He says Jan was strangled with a carotid chokehold. Along the sides here, you got your two carotid arteries. You got one here, one here. So if I take my arm like this and position it like this, right, I can compress the left side and the right side the exact same time, and it takes seconds for somebody to go out. Wow, wow. And the bruises are in the back, almost as if it were hidden. As you continued looking, did you discover anything else? We discovered bruises all over the scalp. That told me that, that she'd been bludgeoned, and she'd been hit about her head uh, numerous times, numerous times. The cause of death was multiple traumatic injuries, and that was a combination of strangulation, uh, blunt force trauma to the head, as well as uh, drowning. It was only after I'd done the complete internal examination and I was convinced this was a homicide. So what first appeared to have the hallmarks of an accidental drowning was now a murder investigation. A woman is found unconscious in her swimming pool and police tonight say she was killed. They it was a shock to this small town. They're saying they have absolutely no suspects. Especially to the Roseboro family, still reeling from Jan's death what was your reaction when you heard this? Disbelief. I thought, who, who could have done this? 
who would, who would do something like that to Jan? Yet strangely, it didn't appear to be as shocking to Michael Roseborough. He was told this was not an accidental drowning, that it was actually, it was a homicide. Uh, they got real, no real reaction from him. You know, not surprise, not outrage. You mean murder? What about my family? What about myself? What about our kids? Are we safe? Uh, we didn't hear any of that. I found that very unusual. I think that was a lot of his, his training for being a, a funeral director. He was, he was supposed to, to keep things, to put, supposed to keep his composure. But investigators weren't buying it. Their tone seemed to change over the course of the next 24 to 36 hours. Especially after the eye-opening tip they got unexpectedly the day after the autopsy. One of our patrol officers received a phone call from a person who initially wanted to be anonymous, um, stating that she had information that Michael Roseboro was having an affair with a person by the name of Angela Funk. He made me feel beautiful. He made you feel beautiful? Yeah. 38-year-old Angela Funk. Just an average, ordinary person, I guess. A married mother of two. My kids keep me going. Working as an insurance adjuster and living literally a stone's throw from the funeral home. He has to meet one day. What started with casual meetings between two neighbors over morning coffee. They couldn't stop thinking about me. Quickly became an obsession. How did it become so intense, so fast? Well, the communications. I mean, we didn't see each other a whole lot. It was more emails, phone conversations, and that kind of thing. When police confronted Angela about the affair, it was just seven weeks old. I guess the date it started would be May 29th when he called me. Willingly, she turned over some emails. A more thorough police investigation later uncovered thousands of phone calls and text messages. Some more phone records. And more emails like this one, which Roseboro sent Angela just one week into their dangerous liaison. We've had it narrated. Some would say I'm smitten. I say I'm in love. While Angela continued talking to investigators, Roseboro hired a lawyer. He was no longer so open with police or with his friends. We really didn't know. Who now wondered who Michael Roseboro really was. When the detectives asked me about affairs, I was just like, well, I don't know anything about affairs. You just never saw that secret side of him? Never saw it. And, and believe me, we've image. looked back and tried to, and we haven't. No, I mean, I, I think he wanted That's to keep good. this good guy image out. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Mike was like so pristine, like, his hair was always in place. Everything about him looked like he just walked off the cover of GQ magazine. I think he showed us the side he wanted us to see, and that he was very good at it, very good at it. Whoever killed Jan Roseboro intentionally beat her in a way to disguise the injuries. As police were taking a closer look at Michael Roseboro, they noticed minor scratches on his face. Well, at that point, you know, you're starting to think he may have been scratched by the victim. Yet it was by no means a clear-cut case. It's impossible to know the, the exact sequence of events that occurred. At the crime scene itself, there were no apparent signs of a struggle, nor any evidence of blood found around the Roseboro pool, perhaps in part thanks to Mother Nature. 
on the early morning of July 23, 2008, it rained extremely, extremely hard. I think one of the reasons there may have not been blood there is because of the heavy rainfall. He had weaknesses, but he absolutely would not have chosen murder. He would never commit murder, no matter what. Michael's sister, Melissa, had her own suspicions about what really happened around the pool that summer night. I think that after Michael went to bed, that Jan was alone out by the pool, and someone came onto the property and robbed her and assaulted her. You certainly feel that someone from the outside yes. came and, Absolutely. and killed her and murdered her. Yes. Melissa points to Jan's jewelry like this that suddenly was missing, and she thinks Jan was wearing the jewelry that night. There was approximately $40,000 worth of jewelry missing from Jan's person. Roseboro's attorney, Alan Sadomsky. Uh, you saying this was a robbery? There's no question it was a robbery. But investigators were more focused on what Roseboro was doing the day of Jan's murder. Turns out, he and Angela had a three-hour afternoon tryst in this apartment, miles away, their longest liaison yet. That same day, Angela also sent Michael this email, which we've had narrated. You are everything to me, and I love you. When you take me as your wife, will be the happiest day of my life. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Weeks before his wife was murdered, Michael Roseboro emailed his secret lover, Angela Funk. I am the happiest man alive. I am going to marry you, and I am going to make every day we are together feel like it is the first day we fell in love. And she clearly had similar thoughts. I will be your wife. I want to be your wife. I want to love you and your children. They were obsessed with each other, and that's all they were thinking about. Lancaster County District Attorney Craig Stedman read those emails and hundreds more. How would you describe this relationship between these two people? Twisted. I mean, I've never seen anything like it or heard of anything like it. I mean, these people just started this affair, apparently, and they're talking about 
what wedding dress she was going to wear. They had plans for where it was going to take place. Did Michael Roseborough ever discuss leaving his wife? He's never discussed particulars, no, but whenever we talked about it, it would be leaving our spouses. It was never, there were never specifics discussed. Roseboro's attorney, Alan Sadomsky, dismisses the emails as just talk. The typical banter you got from him was every third or fifth or seventh word has something to do with sex. And that's unfortunately the type of relationship he had with Angela. There was very little uh, specificity with regard to their relationship in the future. But the day of Jan's murder, the emails were even more intense and sounding very specific. I need to be your husband, Angela. I need you to be my wife. And those are needs that will never diminish or subside. I always wondered what it would be like to be your wife. I guess I won't have to wonder too much longer. Can you explain those in context of how, how they were written? Too much longer, I don't, it's... That doesn't mean it's gonna be next week or next year or... But you can see that it does sound like something is about to happen. What? Not that. Not maybe, what? Maybe leaving his spouse, but not murdering anybody. I honestly did not know anything was going to happen. If I'd known, I would have stopped it. I would have said something. I would have called the police. I would have done something. I didn't know. With little other evidence, police knew that talking with Roseboro's mistress, Angela Funk, was key to their investigation. The reason why we're here, obviously, yes. is because you're kind of important part in this yeah. homicide investigation. I couldn't tell you how many times the police talked to me. I have no idea. A lot? A lot. Did they tell you they loved you? Yes. And you respected me. And you would do anything for me. Maybe nothing she told investigators was as surprising as what they told her. Well, we can assure you Mike has had several affairs, at least going back 10 years. You were just unfortunately one of the... I just want to call him and say, you bastard. Remarkably, she did call him in the middle of the interrogation, right from her own cell phone. Michael, who's Kathy? You had an affair with her, apparently, according to her. How do I know that? I trusted you. Well, I don't know what to believe. They're telling me, you know, you're the only one that could have done it. I can't believe that you would ever jeopardize what we have. Yes, dear. Okay. Okay. All right. I love you, too. But his previous affairs were no surprise to Jan Roseboro's niece, Allison Van Zant, and Jan's close friend, Becky Donahue. Did you ever hear that Michael was unfaithful to Jan in the past? Yes. What did you hear? I heard Jan told me. What did you say? And she did told me that he had had an affair earlier. I don't know the details, but I do know that he had mentioned something. I can't have another affair. I'll lose Jan if I have another affair. And Becky knew exactly how Jan found out the last time in 2003. What caught him with the other affair was the gigantic phone bill. This time, says the DA, another fateful and suspiciously large phone bill was just about in the mail. The cell phone bill was apparently coming to the house, and I believe Jan paid all the bills. Certainly, Mr. Roseboro would have known that was coming any day. I think the bill was cut the day before she was murdered. 
she would have seen a $688 telephone bill. It's not going to take a, a brain surgeon to figure out what's going on based on the fact that he had cheated on her before. It would have been over. And, and he knows that. Jan didn't spew her guts about her hurts and her pains. She carried them a lot. And Becky was at the Roseboro's just weeks before Jan's death when she witnessed a revealing conversation between Jan and her daughter. Jan said, it's funny how much paperwork your dad's having at the funeral home all of a sudden. You think she knew about it? I think she was beginning to suspect. Suspicion of another affair? Maybe so, but most stunning of all was the secret Angela says she revealed to Michael 10 days after the murder. August 1st, 2008, I took a pregnancy test. And did it come back positive? Yes. Angela was certain that Michael Roseboro was the father since she knew her husband had had a vasectomy. When did you tell Michael about it? The same day. What was his reaction? Shock, dismay. What did he say? He said under normal circumstances, he would be happy, but this is obviously not under normal circumstances. The day after he found out Angela was pregnant with his baby and 11 days after Jan's death, Michael Roseboro was arrested and charged with the first degree murder of his wife. Roseboro spent the next eight months in this prison before ever talking to Angela again. Then in April 2009, just weeks after their baby was born, he called her. The prison made this recording. He looks just like you. <laughs> That's what Alan told me. Yeah, he is a spitting image of you. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I don't have, think it's that bad. You don't have a chance. No, it's not bad at all. <laughs> oh my goodness, so good to hear your voice. <laughs> Now, a confused Angela Funk is trying to make sense of the last year. It's happened so fast that in one minute, you know, I'm lonely cloud nine and now I'm in hell. He was a greedy man, he wanted it all, so he made a choice to betray those closest to him, uh, his wife of 19 years, and he murdered her to be with his girlfriend. There was no way that the affair that happened between the two of them was the motive or the reason for Jan Roseboro's death. Nearly a year after Jan Roseboro was found in the pool, her husband is about to be tried for murder. I believe in Michael very much, and I believe Michael uh, did not uh, commit this crime. We don't have an eyewitness. We don't have a confession. Um, there's work to be done, and uh, it's going to be a battle to the end. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, 
propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. been a tough year for uh, Michael, but a year in prison isn't good for anybody. Michael Roseborough has been incarcerated since August 2008, when he was arrested and charged with murdering his wife, Jan. I still have my dad. I talk to him every day. But 19-year-old Sam, the oldest of Michael's four children, believes his father's days in jail are numbered. I'm sure my dad's coming back, just because I know he's innocent. And you believe strongly that he'll be acquitted? Yeah, I believe 100%. On July 13, 2009, almost one year to the day after Jan Roseborough's death, her husband's trial begins. Opening statements began today in the case of a Lancaster County funeral director accused of killing his wife. In his opening argument, District Attorney Craig Stedman describes a motive that he says is pretty straightforward. This case is about a man who was obsessed with being with his girlfriend when he happened to be married to his wife, and he killed his wife to be with his girlfriend. That is the entirety of their case. Defense attorney Alan Sadomsky points out there is no murder weapon, no eyewitness, and no confession. Even the DA admits his case has challenges. There was no one single piece of evidence that was going to say, OK, we got him or we're there. It was a circumstantial case. It's putting the pieces together. One of the prosecutor's first pieces of evidence is Michael Roseborough's 911 call. Lancaster County 911. I believe my wife just drowned. What happened? I had gone to bed about an hour and a half ago, and she was outside, and, and I came out, and I saw the lights just on the pool. There is no urgency there whatsoever. And in fact, one of the first things he ends up going into is his, essentially his alibi. I'm not exactly sure the appropriate way to behave on a 911 call. Roseboro's family believes anything he said would have been scrutinized. If he had been hysterical, they would have said he staged the hysteria. Knowing Michael, handled it exactly like I would have expected him to. But just how well did they really know him? No question he was leading a double life. On the one hand, he was apparently a nice, uh, polite uh, funeral director, respected in the community. On the other hand, he was spending essentially most of his waking days communicating with his mistress on how they could be together. And that communication left a trail of evidence. Records of more than 1,400 phone calls, 1,000 text messages, and of course, those emails, compiled into this 200-page booklet and read one by one to the jury over five hours. Then, on the seventh day of the trial, the DA's star witness takes the stand. Mistress Angela Funk spent almost the entire day on the witness stand and she'll be back... How do you feel about walking into that courtroom for the first time? I was humiliated. Absolutely humiliated. Stedman wastes no time confronting Angela about her communication with Roseboro on the day of Jan's murder. On that day, they spent more time together than they ever had done. They spent that whole afternoon together. We, you know, had sex. He gets home, he calls her again, he's talking to her for 17 minutes right before Jan Roseboro is killed. 
he was good at telling stories and jokes and, and stuff like that. That's basically all I can remember the phone calls. And again, another big coincidence, she was pregnant with the defendant's baby. I didn't know I was pregnant until after she was murdered. Do you think Angela fucking knows more than she's saying in court? There's significant evidence that she knew more. He thinks I'm holding something back, and I've told him everything I could possibly tell him. Angela's testimony stretches into a second day, but she doesn't waver. Nevertheless, she does give the prosecution something it needs. Angela Funk clearly provided the motive in this case. Does that mean that she knew a murder was going to take place? No, I don't think she did. Um, we have no evidence to that effect. Confident that he has established Roseboro's motive, the DA decides to attack the defense theory that Jan was robbed and killed for her jewelry. He enters these security camera images into evidence. Somebody had seen Jan Roseboro in the bank that afternoon and knew that she wasn't wearing jewelry. And by the way, she was wearing the same clothes that afternoon as she was when she was murdered. The robbery story, Stedman argues, was created by Roseboro only after he became a suspect. Random killers walking around looking for, for some housewife who happens to be sitting outside her pool by herself wearing $40,000 worth of jewelry at 10.30 at night. Uh, you know, incredibly absurd. The defense does not raise the issue again, but Michael's family insists that Jan's jewelry is still missing. Do you think she had the jewelry on when she was picked up by the coroner? No. What are you saying then? I'm saying that, that, that it was taken by whomever killed her. But no one else could have killed Jan, Stedman argues. What random killer is going to kill somebody and take time to clean up? He points to the crime scene. Police took these photos after Jan's death and before it started to rain. It was surprising to me that there wasn't evidence of blood at the scene. Forensic pathologist Dr. Wayne Ross testifies that Jan Roseboro was brutally beaten before she drowned. Her head was impacted multiple times. We know there's a tear behind the, the left ear, which I believe would have bled fairly profusely. And that alerted me to the fact that the blood had been cleaned up um, by someone. And of course, who's better capable and has better knowledge of cleaning up blood than a funeral director? But potentially more damaging to Roseboro is the next revelation about those scratches on his face. Michael claimed he got them while playing in the pool with his youngest daughter, Stella. We found out after witness after witness that Stella bit her nails down to the quick, to the point there was no way she could have scratched anybody. Her nails were short, so what does that mean? You can't scratch somebody if you have short nails? Um, that's absurd. Dr. Ross set out to determine if the scratches came from Jan's fingernails. What did you find? We were able to find Michael Roseberry's DNA underneath his fingernails. And if you look at that evidence and look at his face, that indicates that she was fighting for her life. You're basically saying that Jan Roseborough, uh, through forensic evidence, was able to identify her killer. Oh, there's no question about it. She did testify uh, through the forensic evidence that Michael Roseborough murdered her. And on that powerful last piece of evidence, the prosecution rests its case. Craig thinks that's their case. I mean, the, the DNA issue, I truly believe... Since no television cameras are allowed in criminal trials here in Pennsylvania, we've come to the defense attorney's office to get a sense of how this team feels its case is going. Would you concede that the prosecution did make some points with the jury today when they talked about uh, DNA evidence found under Jan Roseboro's fingernails? There's a reason for that. 
and uh, I think that uh, the jury's about to hear the reason for that. Roseboro's defense rests largely on one key witness, his son. Sam Roseboro did take the stand and for the Sam Roseboro tells the jury that he wasn't planning to leave home on the night his mother died. So if this was a plan to murder Jan, uh, what would have happened if Sam didn't go out that night? But Sam did go out, and he says he saw something important as he left. Mike and Jan were at the pool. As Sam left, Jan was scratching Mike's back. And that, argues the defense, is how Michael's DNA ended up under Jan's fingernails. But Dr. Ross is highly skeptical. If it were just a light scratch, once she's in the pool, that would have washed off. And it didn't wash off. And why is that? Because the amount of DNA that was found underneath the nails was a significant amount, which meant that the fingernails were deeply embedded in skin. We were not dealing with light scratches here. The defense calls only seven more witnesses. The decision as to whether or not uh, Michael was going to testify is ultimately up to Michael, and always was. Roseboro does not take the stand, and after a day and a half, the defense rests. As criminal defense attorneys, the majority of what we do is we're counterpunchers. We have to react to the evidence. And the evidence, Sadomsky says, does not prove that Michael Roseboro committed Jan's murder. It's now up to the jury to decide. All you need is one person, one person, one vote can change a verdict. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a card from Michael's first grade teacher. I can't imagine what you people are going through. I'll always remember Michael as a very caring, supportive, friendly young man he is. Just wanted to let you know that you're in our thoughts and prayers. With those sentiments and the prayers of supporters, Anne Roseboro awaits her son's fate, now in the hands of the jury. Just an hour into deliberations, jurors return unexpectedly to this Lancaster County courtroom. Lancaster County 911. They want Roseboro's 911 call replayed. Okay, is she breathing? No, she's not. Is she still in the water? No, I pulled her out. 
What thoughts are going through your mind? I think nothing but good for us because he's not asking for help. He never asked for help at all. He reports it as if he's calling in that there's a traffic light down on his corner of the street. I did not find the 911 tape to be uh, devoid of emotion. I found it to be Mike Roseboro. I found it to be who he is. I want to get out of the pool. Is she still in the pool? I, I, I thought you said she was out of the pool. I, oh my God, she's, I'm sorry, she's out of the pool. He had a quiet desperation in his voice that I could hear. It was a, a quivery desperation. Whatever the true emotion, less than four hours later, jurors are back in court, this time with a verdict. Guilty of first-degree murder in the death of his wife, Jan. Michael Roseboro is now convicted of first-degree murder and will spend the rest of his life behind bars. I think my reaction was just total devastation. I just turned to my husband and sobbed. Your world is just completely fractured in that moment. You still believe in your son's innocence? I do, absolutely. For Jan's sister, the joy of a verdict is tinged with sadness. Jan was truly, truly a wonderful mother, sister, aunt, and friend. She was there for anyone, anytime, and she will be honored in heaven. And Jan's niece, Allison. Unfortunately, there's no truly happy ending to this tragic story. I'm speaking on behalf of my family. Our thoughts and prayers uh, go out to the Roseboro family at their difficult time right now. But there's some satisfaction for investigators. As a forensic pathologist, my job is to solve the mystery. I, I believe quite clearly that we were able to solve the mystery of Jan Roseboro's death. For District Attorney Craig Stedman, it's a time for reflection at the end of a year-long fight. You kept a picture of Jan Roseboro at your home on your desk. Why'd you do that? I kept that picture there for inspiration for me, to keep me motivated when I needed to get motivated. It's not a victory. I mean, the only victory would bring Jan back, and, and it's never gonna happen. I mean, it's justice. However, the Roseboro defense team is not ready to quit. Was justice served? Obviously, I don't believe it was. I respect the jury, and I respect the jury system. Uh, in this case, uh, I believe the answer is the wrong one. As for Michael Roseboro, after a year of silence, he's finally ready to talk. Just weeks after the verdict, he agreed to an interview with 48 Hours to discuss the case. Michael, how are you? I'm Harold Dow. But the warden invoked his right to make the prison's own recording, and Roseboro's lawyer objected. Okay, and you understand this? He has a statement, no questions, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Instead, he said his client would only read a brief statement to me with no questions allowed. My name is Michael Roseboro. I've been accused of killing my wife, Jan, who I've been married to for 19 years. I did not, and I would never kill my wife. I had nothing to do with her murder, and I miss her very much. Do you think he did it because he loved you? He didn't love me if he killed his wife for me. He used me. He used you? That's how I feel. And you feel bad about what's happened. I feel terrible for those kids. Of those four kids, Sam Roseboro is now living with Michael's parents. The others are being raised by Jan's sister in the same house where their mother was found dead in the pool. 
I just hope that there is some peace, and I hope they can at some point recognize what a special, special person they were given for a very short time, very short time. And just across town, Angela Funk is still living with her husband, their two children, and the baby she had with Michael. How would you describe the state of your marriage right now? Day by day. Do you talk? About the essentials. What do you want people to know about you? I want people to know that I'm sorry for my indiscretions with Michael. I'm sorry to his family, to his kids, to Jan's family, to my family and my friends. I hurt a lot of people, and I'm sorry. And as for the man who fathered her baby and was found guilty of murdering his wife... If you could say something to Michael Roseboro, what would you say to him? Be honest to your family, to your kids, and to Jan's family. They deserve to know the truth. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's the case, then I've got some good news. We just launched a brand new Strange, Dark, and Mysterious podcast called Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries. And as the name suggests, it's a show about medical mysteries, a genre that many fans have been asking us to dive into for years, and we finally decided to take the plunge, and the show is awesome. In this free weekly show, we explore bizarre, unheard-of diseases, strange medical mishaps, unexplainable deaths, and everything in between. Each story is totally true and totally terrifying. Go follow Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Prime member, you can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.